Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Hello, hello, Truth Talks fam. I am so giddy to be sitting down with you again today. Side note, I was just thinking the other day how blessed I am, how thankful I am, how grateful I am to be able to have this podcast and have this relationship with you. Thank you so much for being here, for subscribing, for listening, for sending me emails and DMs on Instagram and just sharing the episodes that have encouraged you and that you love and just for being so faithful. I am overwhelmed in the best way ways that we get to have this community here and it is such a joy to be able to get so excited about sitting down with you every week and having amazing friends on so I want to say thank you if it weren't for you guys for you amazing friends and listeners we wouldn't be here so all the glory to God today's episode after just that little mushy moment today's episode is going to be a really fun one for those of you who love biblically rich conversations who love conversations about about discernment, about staying true to God's word in a world that is really peddling a lot of lies. I have the one, the only, Elisa Childers on the podcast today. You may recognize her from Zoe Girl, the popular Christian band from way back when. She is 
an apologist, a Bible teacher, an author, a podcaster, all the things. And today, if you're listening on October 18th, when this episode goes live, we are celebrating her book launch of her new book, Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Exposing Popular Deception That Make Us Feel Anxious, Exhausted, and Self-Obsessed. This episode is full of discernment tips, really just how to be discerning in God's word, how to stay true to God's word, how to make sure that we are not believing the world's lies, that actually they may sound good on the surface, but they're not reality. They actually leave us feeling, like Elisa says, anxious, exhausted, and self-obsessed. So if you're ready to debunk some lies like live your truth, you are enough, all of these other ones, and learn how to be discerning and just have um, theological eyes to see the world as reality, as God says, then this episode is for you. I loved every second. You're going to love Elisa. Such a powerful conversation. So without further ado, here is this awesome episode. I hope you enjoy it, friend. Alisa, welcome to the podcast. I am humbled and honored that we get to sit down here today. It is so fun to meet you and celebrate Live Your Truth that is officially out today in the world. So Alisa, thank you for being here. Would you introduce yourself to friends who may not know who you are, what you do, all the facets of your life and ministry? Oh man, thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. The book is out into the world now, so it's yes. pretty exciting. Um, but so I'm Elisa, and I never dreamed that I would be doing what I actually do today, which is writing books and speaking on skeptical claims against Christianity and the nature of truth and all this stuff, because most of my life, I've just been a flaky artist, basically. I've been a musician, spent uh, several years in the contemporary Christian music industry, and so basically what happened was after my band, Zoe Girl, some of your listeners mm-hmm. may remember Zoe Girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. After we came off the road um, and kind of ended our run, uh, my husband and I started attending a church in Middle Tennessee, just an evangelical non-denominational church. And long story, super short, my faith was really challenged in this church because they were bringing out all of these really skeptical claims mm. against all the things I believed all my life. And so it threw me into a really dark night of the soul, dark time of doubt. And uh, ultimately, God led me to study church history, theology, apologetics, mm-hmm. all the things that helped really rebuild my faith and convince me that the core claims of Christianity, the gospel that I believed my whole life was actually true. Mm-hmm. And so I love to help other people when they go through journeys like that, when they're maybe questioning certain things they were taught as they grow up and trying to figure out which bits are true, which which parts are false, which parts are worth discarding and which ones are worth keeping. Right. And, uh, and that's all based on really the nature of truth. So I love to do that. And that's kind of what I do when I go speak and write books and blog and podcasts and all the things. YouTube, all of it, all of it. (laughs) So, so many things and wife and homeschool mama, all the things. Yes, that's right. Yes. We're homeschooling for the first time this year, which has been a really interesting transition. We love it. We absolutely love it. Good. But my husband and I are kind of tag teaming that because I've been traveling quite a bit lately. Um, so we, we're kind of getting in our groove on it and it's pretty cool. Right. Oh, that's awesome. I love getting to hear from you. You'll have to keep me updated. I know, like I said earlier, my baby's really little, but keep me updated. I like it, all the things. It can seem kind of overwhelming and daunting, but also a really cool thing that you get to, 
um, really speak into your kids' life in that way too, and their education. Um, that's, that's so, right. so awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all those things. It's so, so exciting to see the way that God has just really woven your story. I really share similar um, thoughts like, okay, absolutely nowhere that I thought I would be, but like, thank goodness. And it's really awesome mm. to look back and see what the Lord's doing. So Love, love that. Excited to talk today about the book. But before we do that, would you share one thing you're loving? Like a favorite thing could be the most random thing in the world. I just love getting to hear what people are loving. And it's like a fun way to start the episode. So what do you have for oh, us? Oh, I love it. Oh, I have some, I have a couple of seriously rando fun things Let's that do I'm it. super into right now. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one, and this was sort of the gateway into the second one, is like I became one of those COVID sourdough bread bakers. <gasps> oh my gosh. You know, like how everybody yes. started baking bread in COVID. Yes. So now I'm obsessed with sourdough bread and I make sourdough, you know, sandwich. I make all the bread Ooh, for, the, for the house now. I make sandwich bread and the, you know, the fancy artisan breads. Wow. And, so that, and that sort of springboarded me into fermenting other things. Um, I've, I've always made kombucha. That was kind of always the one thing I did, mm -hmm. but I've gotten super into just fermenting everything. I ferment, you know, vegetables yeah. and I make sauerkraut and all these things. And, you know, it's kind of like my way of decompressing and unwinding right. is just tinkering in the kitchen mm -hmm. and fermenting things. And so <laughs> love my, it. my husband and I joke, it's like, don't get too close to me or you might, you know, find yourself in a salt brine because I'm like <laughs> in it, fully in it. Right. That's just how your house smells now, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just all, it's like, we do have quite, you know, we, we attracted quite a bit of um, fruit flies this oh, year sure. because of all of the extra, extra stuff going on in the kitchen. So um, yeah, but yeah, it's pretty active in my kitchen right now. I love that. It's kind of one of my favorite things to do is like you said, tinker in the kitchen as well. I, I grew up with a mom who she still is, but like one of the best cooks, not only just like mm. normal food, but like baking, like literally all around amazing in those areas. And I didn't really cook a lot since she did until I got married. And I think I realized I'm like, okay, like I have all these skills. She kind of taught me my back pocket. And so now after a long day, I'm like, I'm actually excited to make dinner. It's like my relax and let down time. It's so, so great. So um, also another thing, when you come back to Oregon, I would love for you to teach me how to make sourdough. <laughs> Let's we should do it. we should make it happen. Let's we should like meet up it. at Bill's house or something. Um, side yes. note, for people listening, we share the same um, literary agency. Um, so, Elisa, next time you're here, we need to make sourdough because I keep asking people. I'm like, I need to learn how to do this, but I feel like I'm uh, like totally a hands-on learner. So, like, I've watched a few oh, YouTube man, videos, yes. and I'm like, okay, I really want to do it. I feel like it's the the thing now. <laughs> It is so fun. Okay, so quick story. I know we have important things to talk but about. This today, but this is important too. This is important too. <laughs> so so true story. The last time I went to Oregon, I was actually going for a writing retreat. And then um, every once in a while, I'll go stay with Bill and Sheila. Yeah. And just kind of get some, you know, I try to get work done, but then they plan all these amazing <laughs> picnics and fishing sure, trips. And stuff, yeah. So I never get much work done. But w one of the plans for this last time was that I was going to make sourdough bread at Bill and Sheila's house. Mm -hmm. And so I brought my little starter. Love it. And it got taken away at TSA. No, why? I got, I got, well, okay. So typically, you know, TSA, it really depends no. on, the, on the person you get. That's it, you true. Know? That's true. And it was in, I purposely put it in a little mason jar that had the measurements so they could see that it was under three ounces. Oh, sure. But for some reason, the, the guy I got was like super vigilant with mm. his TSA stuff. And he was like, no, this, I can't for sure measure that this oh. is not... 
over. Yeah. And because it's starter, it expanded oh, on, true. You know, between the drive. So it got a little over the three. So I got it taken away and I was super Aww. bummed. So I didn't get to make bread in Oregon. So next Dang. time I will pack it in my suitcase. Good idea. And then it won't get taken away. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, I mean, I don't really know anything about starters, but that way we have that. And then we can each have our own little starters. I, I don't, That's right. I'm, I'm such a novice. I mean, I know how to make normal bread, but sourdough, all the things. I need to yeah. learn. So, okay. Next time you're in Oregon, let me know. We'll do it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay. Like we said, though, we're celebrating today as if you guys are listening to this on release day, it is the day that live your truth is out in the world. Elisa's newest book. We are so excited to talk about today. Elisa, I just want to hear a little bit more, maybe give our listeners insight too on how this came to be. Like you said, you love, um, you're an apologist. You love getting to seek, you know, out God's truth and just all these things in theology. And so it's a really big part of who you are, but why now? I know God really mm. obviously had his hand in it and really purpose for it to come out on this day, but you know, why now? What, what really drew you to release this now? Well, I think what, what really caused me to focus on a book like this mm -hmm. was because uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with my first book, it was really more like a theological memoir of me walking through my deep, deep time of doubt and yeah. what my questions were, where I looked for answers. And then because my faith crisis was sort of facilitated within a church that would eventually become a progressive Christian church, the mm -hmm. book sort of interacts with the movement of progressive Christianity. Yeah. And so I was just thinking about, you know, what should the next book be about? And then I realized that for the past two or three years, um, I had been giving this talk at women's conferences called Pretty Little Lies. And basically what we were doing was looking at the slogans we hear in culture, right. things like live your truth, or you are enough, or mm -hmm. you should put yourself first, or you're in control of your own destiny. All of these slogans that kind of sound good, but when we really dig under the surface, we realize they they kind of fail just on a common sense level, but yeah. also there's like some spiritual rot under there that's going to lead you to some bad places spiritually. Right. And so this was a really popular talk that I gave at women's conferences. It was like my number one requested talk. And then I thought, why? that should be a book, right? Yeah. Like that, that material should be uh, a full length book. And mm -hmm. so what I did was I took, I, I took five lies that I talk about in the actual talk and I expanded that out into, I think there's like 10 or 11, maybe 12 lies that we deal with in the book mm -hmm. and um, sort of just dig a little deeper on each lie and then really go into scripture and, right. and show how the Bible has it's not like the Bible is, Bible's not just a big book of no's. It's not a big book of like, here's why that's wrong and that's wrong. It actually has a much better explanation of, for reality. And so it shows like, like, no, don't live your truth because your truth doesn't exist. Live the truth, which right. never changes. Mm. And it's it's totally unchanging and it's totally stable. Mm -hmm. So isn't that a better foundation than your truth, which could change with your mood, you know? So yes, we, we look yes. at each lie like that and kind of, I really loved writing it because I got to spend a lot of time in the Bible and it was really, really kind of a sweet time writing the book. That's awesome. You know, I think a lot of the sayings that, you know, or the slogans, popular slogans that you address in the book, like live your truth and things like that. I think at first, even as Christians, we're like, oh, like that doesn't seem, I mean, it seems harmless. It doesn't seem that bad or, right. oh, it makes people feel good. So then let's just not ruffle any feathers. Let's just leave it as it is. I mean, so then it's easy for us to kind of start accepting it, whether we believe we're accepting it or not. And then we start mm -hmm. to live in a way that we're like, oh, I'm actually living in a way that I believe I'm enough. I am putting myself first. But then it's like, we have not consulted God's word for what that means or should mean to us. So in live your truth, like you said, there are phrases like live your, 
live your truth. You are enough. Put yourself first. All the things. These are popular. They feel good, but they actually really keep us in bondage. So that's a really countercultural thing for us to think about that actually something that seems so freeing to live your truth or you're enough actually puts us in these chains and keeps us Mm. from actually really experiencing freedom and truth in Christ. So how are they actually lies? I mean, how can we like break that down? Well, okay. So just let's think about the phrase, you are enough. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are people listening to this that are like, well, hey, I I said that to people. People have said that to me. It made me feel better. And yeah, like I totally get that. And that's because the way we look at these slogans is that they're a little bit ambiguous. Mm-hmm. You know, if you filter some of, now some of them just don't work, but some yeah. like, like you are enough. <laughs> yeah. Like if you filter that through a biblical worldview and you know, you're not talking about um, it in the same sense that culture talks about it. So yes. that's kind of what we do in the book is we look at what does culture mean when they say you should be your most authentic self or mm-hmm. this or that. And so like with, with you are enough, um, what culture means by that is that there's nothing outside of you that you need to make yourself complete or mm-hmm. whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to dig down inside of yourself, maybe do more self-introspection, more self-love, more self-care, and then all of goodness that's naturally in you will come out. That's what the world means. And the reason that's not true is because as Christians, we know that we actually have a fallen nature. So there's this beautiful doctrine in the Bible where we know that every human being that's ever been born has been made in the image and likeness of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Because of that, we have dignity, we have value, we have this inherent worth to us. And we could, we should celebrate that. Yeah. But there's a big but. And the but is that we have <laughs> the fall, right? So we have man's choice to rebel against God and introduce sin and death into the world. And so this presents us with a problem. So so I think that the chain, you know, the burden that we put on people, because I get it. If somebody comes to you and they're having they're they're just really down on themselves, mm-hmm. maybe they just have this really bad view of themselves, or they've been, you know, treated in a bad way or called names as a child, and they've been carrying these things. I totally get the temptation or sort of the instinct to say, you know what, you are enough. Yeah. I totally get that. And but but what we try to do in the book is dig a little deeper and realize that actually when we tell people you are enough, basically you're enough for yourself. We're actually burdening them by telling them not only did you create all of your own problems, mm. but you have to solve all of your yeah. own problems. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know, like there's nothing outside of you. You need to help solve your problem. So you got to fix what you broke. Right. And that's a huge burden Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people who now there can be so many different reasons people are down on themselves some valid some invalid it could be just because people spoke things over you that you internalized and you need to like speak truth to those lies mm-hmm. but it but there are times when we've sinned against someone else or we have um a habitual maybe way we treat people that's not okay and the answer to that is not just to love yourself more it's actually to repent turn from that sin, trust in Christ, receive his grace and forgiveness. And that's what truly frees you from the bondage of these things, because the the whole concept and mechanism of grace is unheard of in any other worldview. Yeah, And we have that as Christians, we have true forgiveness for our sins. We have the concept of grace where we turn from those things and we turn toward Christ and he, by the power of his Holy Spirit, helps us to live like him and become more and more like him every day. Um, but just to tell somebody, you know, you're enough, just believe that, or just believe hard enough that you're good. Well, deep down people know, people know we're not good. We actually are not good inherently. So I think that getting to the truth, which is like, take some bad news before we get to the good news can be really important Mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle that culture misses. Yeah, no, that, that is a great way to explain that. I was just telling my husband two days ago, it was at the end of the night. So obviously after a whole day, momming, working, all the things you're exhausted. So it was probably not a good time to like start verbalizing all of my feelings, but I was overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, I have so much to do. I have all this on my plate. I'm like, I can't do it. And Michael's like, well, why are you trying to do it all? He's like, are you trying to be self-sufficient? He's like, you don't have Mm. to do it all, nor can you do it all. And so I was just thinking today, I'm like, when the mountain feels way too high and too hard to summit and to climb, like, praise God that I don't have to do it on my own, nor can I. And that's the thing is that like, I think often that if I pile all these things on me, and I have to do it on my own. And for some reason, I think maybe that will make me or prove to me that I'm stronger, prove to other people that I'm stronger. But like you said, in actuality, I'm at the end of the day, at the end of a week, just like so soul heavy, so physically heavy mm. from trying to do it all on my own. And I'm like left feeling like, oh, I thought I would feel differently when I did all of these things and put all the responsibility on me, but I actually feel exhausted and I actually yes. often feel burnt out. And I feel like I want to give up in the good work that God has given me, which is often really discouraging. And so I appreciate that you said that because I don't think we want to admit that also. We don't want to admit that like, yeah, I'm actually not enough. And that actually my truth doesn't actually really pan out to be all that, you know, the world promises. And I wanted to um, quote something from your book. You know this, but I want to read it for our listeners as a sneak peek. I loved this um, little paragraph you wrote. You said, 
I believe it's in the first chapter, you said um, Christianity is a belief system that stands or falls on objective truth. It is not simply a set of teachings, a philosophy, or a lifestyle. It's not a collection of rituals, mantras, sacraments, or affirmations. Christianity is about placing active trust in the person of Jesus and the reconciliation Mm -hmm. with God he secured for us on the cross. All of this depends on the resurrection of Jesus being something that actually happened and objective truth. So I love that like love, love, love that, like have chills thinking about it. Cause it's just in the person of Christ. That's just all it is. We just yeah. overcomplicate it. But one thing that I wanted to ask is why do you think it is so hard for us? I mean, especially as Christians, we know this core fundamental belief, but why is it so hard for us to really believe that? Why is it easier to believe the world, right? And believe these truths, especially I'm speaking to Christians who deep down know this truth, this doctrinal truth, but why do you think it's so much easier just to slip into Mm. believing the world? Well, I think there are several, probably depending on each person's personality, Mm -hmm. there are different reasons for that. Um, One thing I've really observed is the phenomenon of social media provides a sort of sense of community for people. Sure. So a lot of times, um, a lot of these lies are proliferating on social media. So there might be like an influencer that's really funny, really engaging, somebody who really is good at hitting the bullseye of the things you struggle with every single day. I mean, nothing feels better than for somebody to come along and say, I get it. Like right. I totally get the struggles that it, like the the struggle is real with having like <laughs> little kids or teenagers right. or whatever phase of life it might be. So it can be incredibly disarming to have somebody come along and say, look, I really get your struggles and then offer a solution to those struggles that might be unbiblical, but it feels good. Mm -hmm. It it might feel good because it kind of lets you off the hook or it feels good because maybe you don't have to take a stand for certain things, or maybe it feels good because you can, I think a lot of these things, especially for women are so tempting because it sort of get, it provides an environment where we can give ourselves a pass Mm -hmm. and basically just not have to do the hard work of repenting and acknowledging our failures and, living humbly before Christ and and just realizing that we're not enough. But just that message of self-empowerment, I think, is so tempting because it feels good. It feels good for somebody to just say, look, take that weight off your shoulder yeah. of all these things you feel like you're not doing well and you, you don't have to. It's fine. You're good. You're perfect. You're enough just as you are. Mm-hmm. I can see. I totally get why that would feel very freeing. And it yeah. might feel freeing for a while. But if we eliminate this idea of repentance and responsibility and right. all of these things, then right. ultimately we're just setting people up for a bigger fall mm-hmm. later. Yeah. It's actually not really comfort. It's false comfort. And I think mm-hmm. people, I don't know, I'm speaking from my own experience too. At times I'm like too afraid to get into it or, you know, whatever that may be, or you just want a quick fix because someone's really hurting or you yourself are hurting. So it's like, let me just get that quick shot of whatever the world says, instead of digging a little deeper, right? Like you said, personal responsibility, like, I mean, it takes a little more work to go into the word, but not necessarily like I've been thinking too, this is kind of off topic, but kind of relates like. I don't know. Sometimes we're really easy to shy away from the hard things. No matter if you're a go-getter and your personality is really type A and, you know, you classify yourself as someone really tough, like the hard things we usually shy away from. It's like, if there's something easy, we run to that too. And so it's like, why, why do we do that? It's like the hard things are really possible in Christ. And that's one of those things where it's like that responsibility we have to go to God's word and to be like, okay, I'm going to fight for his truth over my feelings. I'm going to take a minute to slow down and get in the word and let that inform my life instead of just quickly running to what the world says. Cause if we do that over time, you know, patterns and habits, um, it just becomes something that we run to 
um, earlier and sooner than the word, right? So you touched on social media and discernment. And so, okay, I want to talk about discernment because that's an absolute must. And not only with social media, like if we didn't have social media, we still need discernment. It's a biblical, um, call on our lives. Um, but in this constant social media world, we have so much information flooding us. We have all these, you know, lies that you're addressing in your book. They're coming at us. And if we want to be Christians, I know deep down, everyone is like, I want to, I really want to follow the Lord, but again, it's tough. So we need discernment. So what does God's word say about discernment and what, what's your best encouragement for, for us listening? Um, how do we use it on the daily as we scroll, as we watch the news, as we have conversations, as we, you know, live with our kids, all the things. Yeah. So discernment, I think among Christians is one of those topics that's, I think often really misunderstood. Yeah. So there, I think there are some Christians who kind of think that discernment is some sort of like magical sense that you have in your soul that you just innately know (laughs) things are wrong. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And that's not to say that that doesn't get sharp, like our, our red flags that might get sent over. You know, you get that feeling where you're like, something's off about that. I don't know what it is. Sure. Um, that's important. I think God has given us that. And the, you know, I think the more that we become sanctified, the more we become like Christ, the more that will fine tune itself. But that sense in and of itself is not what discernment is. Mm -hmm. So that might be a red flag to say, hmm, I need to investigate that a little bit more. But then ultimately what we need to do is go to scripture and, you know, as Christians, our objective authority for truth is the Bible. This is God's Mm -hmm. revealed word. God is our source of truth. And we learn what that is by reading his word. Yeah. I mean, I know that like that sounds crazy talk to people who who are outside of Christianity. They don't, you know, they they don't affirm that. And that we understand that. But as Christians, and this is why, you know, you mentioned the resurrection. The resurrection is so important because Jesus is that made a lot of claims about himself that were not all that unique. I mean, there were other Messiah type figures around mm-hmm. that time that were making claims like that. And when they died, they were lost to history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what sets Jesus apart is that he raised himself from the dead, which proves himself true. All those claims he made of himself, he even said this to the Pharisees that his uh, he would give them a sign right. and it would be like the sign of Jonah. And he was talking about his resurrection, right? This was like the proof of him saying all these things about himself. And he, I mean, exercising attributes of deity, he forgave sin. He claimed Mm -hmm. to be God on several occasions um, within the context of that Jewish um, culture where they understood what he was saying. So he makes these claims about himself and then proves them with the resurrection. That's why the resurrection is so important. But when it comes to discernment in the Bible being our objective standard Mm -hmm. for truth, we believe that because that's what Jesus taught. Yeah. Jesus yeah. quoted from the Old Testament over and over and over again, and he called it God's word, mm. the commandments of God, just all over uh, the New Testament when Jesus is doing that. Yeah. So the guy who raises himself from the dead gets to tell us what you know <laughs> where, to, where to look for truth, right? Right. And so with discernment as Christians, we need to, first of all, expect that our beliefs are not always going to be in line with culture and most often will not be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or they're going to be very countercultural. And that doesn't just mean like countercultural in the cool 90s kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> countercultural in the taboo, you're a bigot kind of way. You mm-hmm. know, it's like culture does not like the Christian sexual ethic. Culture does right. not like uh, the Christian pro-life ethic. There's just a lot of things um, that the Bible teaches mm-hmm. about the sanctity of life, the 
you know, what we do with our bodies and all sorts of things that the world is going to think, you know, it's not just like you're old fashioned, but you're actually a harmful person. If right, you're doing these things. right. So we have to be prepared for that mm -hmm. as Christians. Mm -hmm. And part of being discerning and using discernment is making sure that what we believe lines up with reality. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that what we believe lines up with the word of God, which explains reality. Right. And so that's not always going to be in line with culture. So I think we need to get a bit of a backbone as we do discernment mm, and as good. we measure all things against what the scripture has to say. Um, just a, a quick little anecdote to, to end this part. When I go and speak at churches, often I'll, I'll go through a lot of the verses that talk about our human nature. By nature, we are children of wrath. I mean, there's all sorts of language uh, all over scripture that talk about our hearts being w wicked and deceitful. And even in churches, I find myself sometimes like the tension mounting in the room and I have to kind of take a break <laughs> and be like, are we okay guys? Like, I know this is like, we don't hear this right. all the time. Yeah, This is the total opposite message of what we all hear on when we go binge Netflix or whatever. But ultimately the Bible gets to tell us these things because it's our objective standard for truth. And so it can be so jarring to hear what the Bible has to say. But the point of the whole point of it, though, is that we have to go through the bad news to get to the good news, which is that Jesus is enough mm -hmm. and he's better than you'll be anyway. And right. when you trust in him, when you're in Christ, his enoughness or his righteousness, we could say, gets put on you like a garment that covers mm -hmm. you. And so that's so much better than telling somebody they're enough because Jesus is enough and he's better than any of us. Right. So that's a way, that's a much better deal, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely agree. I love how you also mentioned in all things we take back to scripture, not just the things that we're confused about, not just the things that are being um, yelled the loudest over social media, literally anything, knowing that God's word covers anything and everything. As we close, mm -hmm. I would love to hear maybe just your advice on someone maybe asking, okay, I know this is what I should be doing, but how do I take what I saw on social media or maybe a piece of advice from a friend? How do I take that and go back to the word and know that I'm finding the truth on that particular subject? Does that make sense? Like, how do I, how do I yeah. do that practically for someone who doesn't even know where to begin, but has this desire? How would you maybe encourage them in that? You know, what comes to my mind as you ask that question is that it might be if somebody finds themselves in that position where they don't know where to start, maybe they haven't read a lot of the Bible, Yeah, um, it might be wise if that's the case for you to step back from social media a little bit. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it might be too difficult to try to take all of the crazy messages that culture is sending you and then mm -hmm. just go to try to find some Bible verses that are talking about those things because that's sort of like trying to fight an avalanche with a shovel or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's and good. so um, it might be wise to just step away. You know, it's okay. Get get away from all of the voices, all of the people with their opinions. Just put those aside for a minute and just enjoy being in God's word. Yeah, You know, maybe good. take a little bit every day. There's um, some great podcasts that can help you do that. The Bible Recap Podcast is great. It's just five minutes a day mm -hmm. where you read a section of scripture and then Tara Lee Cobble unpacks that for you. And it's, it's a, that's a great resource. There are, um, you know, there's chronological Bibles, there's one year Bibles, but you know, I think, I think just getting it in your bones, you know, just, just start reading the word, maybe start in the gospels or go back to Genesis, you know, yeah, yeah. you can start in different places and just start getting it in you. And what will happen is that as you get the word of God in you, and then you start to hear things from culture, you'll know mm -hmm. immediately. And it's kind of like, I mean, this is such a, a tired cliche. I know a lot of preachers use this analogy, but it's actually true. I investigated this and I think it's true, is that um, 
they train uh, FBI agents to spot counterfeit money by handling real money. Right. They don't actually study the counterfeits. You know, everybody's heard this analogy. Yeah, yeah. But it's really, it's such a good one, though, because it's really true. It's like, know the word of God. Know mm -hmm. why you believe it's the word of God. Study the nature of truth. Study the word. Then maybe start opening the door to some of this other stuff. Sure. And you will know. You will you will begin to spot yeah. the counterfeits immediately, just like those FBI agents. You don't actually have to study all the lies to know what the truth mm -hmm. is. Study the truth, and then you'll be able to identify the lies a lot better. That's good. You know, I think social media and all these things are something that we can't avoid, but I really appreciate how you're like, just put boundaries on it. Like, step away. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, I have to be in social media and in the world you know, as much as I am, if not more, and then go to the word. It's like, no, like, let's prioritize the truth, like I said, reality first, and then know that that informs our life. And then that way we'll be more equipped um, to go out and be able to handle what comes at us. Because I think sometimes we're like, I'm just going to be in the world so much where sometimes we, I mean, just us being fallen and weak, we can't handle it without being in the word more than Absolutely. we are, you know, being in the word more than the world, you know? Listen, people look at someone like me who has a platform and, you know, teaches the Bible yeah. to women and and they think, oh, well, you know, she would never. Oh, my gosh. If I'm not in the word <laughs> yeah. and I'm in if I'm if I'm binging Netflix and I'm not saying I never do that, but right. like if I'm binging Netflix and I'm not in the word at all. I totally start getting influenced by those things. Oh, yeah. None of us are above that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think we tend to look at people who have platforms or have written books sure. and like, oh, they're just above all that. Oh, mm -mm. heck no. Nope. We are not above it. <laughs> if I do not get my butt in the word every day, yeah. I start to become influenced by these things. They're very seductive. They're very slippery. Mm -hmm. And um, so none of us are above that. We all need to be in the word every single day. Yeah. I am even just coming across trending audios now with reels on Instagram and they just you know, people put them with beautiful pictures and videos and it's just like, even I find myself like, wow, I like watching that. And then you don't realize the audio that's playing, like just all of this secular messaging and, you know, the quotes that pop up on the screen and I get why mm. people are drawn to it because there's an allure. So we have to be very careful about that. And like you said, I really appreciate the freedom of just stepping back because I think a lot of times we think that we don't have the permission to step back because it's just a big part of our lives, but you literally, you have all the permission. And if you didn't know that, Lisa is giving that yeah. to you today, you know? Absolutely. And I think too, it's like nobody actually needs social media. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of like, I know a lot of people, well, some people might have to for their job or something like that. Like right. I actually have to yeah. because of my ministry to get the word out. Right. But actually before I started my blog, I got off all social media and it was like the best month of my life. That's great. <laughs> and, I, and you know what? Here's just an example. And not every social media platform is equal. So right. I just found in my particular algorithm or whatever I found myself on Twitter to be super toxic. Yeah. And you know what I did? I deleted my Twitter. I'm not on Twitter because yeah. it was just, it was, I felt angry every time I right, Twitter. Right. I felt nervous. I like I had a big pit in my stomach. And I was like, I do not need Twitter in my life. Yep. And you know what? I haven't, I've been off Twitter. I don't know. Maybe it's been a year. Mm -hmm. I have not missed it at yeah. all. Yeah. I don't miss it at all. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. especially like in what we do, it's like, you don't need more. You don't need any more. <laughs> it's already too much <laughs> to juggle. And I feel the same way. So Elisa, uh, I appreciated this so, so much have loved the book and I'm so thankful for how you've just even encouraged me. Um, 
just in the ways you've just taught the word. So I just, I'm humbled that you'd be here and just really, really excited that we've made this connection. As we close, would you share with people since today, as you're listening and if later on you're listening, the book is out in the world officially. So Elisa, where can they find it? How can they connect with you and all of the things? Well, thank you. I have really enjoyed this conversation today too. So I'm really thankful that you had me on. Uh, as far as connecting with me, elisachilders.com is my website. I have a YouTube channel. You just search my name on YouTube and my videos will pop up. We talk about all sorts of topics that are related to progressive Christianity and the lies that are in the book. Um, you can buy the book on all the major places where you buy books, Christian book, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the things. And there's also a landing page on my website for the book where you can, there's tabs to go to all the different retailers. I also do want to mention that for my first book, Another Gospel, we just released a curriculum. Oh, awesome. So if you want to do, um, if you're kind of concerned about the movement of progressive Christianity or you want to learn more about it or how to interact with your friends who might be swept mm -hmm. up into it, we have a six week small group curriculum that's just come out. So that's on Tyndale. That's also cool. on Amazon. Just look for the Another Gospel study guide and our participant guide and the DVD series. It's beautiful DVDs we created for it. And so hopefully that'll be a really helpful resource. Oh, that's incredible. Okay, I will have everything linked below so people can go find it. Elisa, thank you. I appreciate you and admire you so much. So thank you for Live Your Truth in this conversation. Oh, I loved it. Thank you.